0: Welcome to the Stop, Drop, and Glow podcast, navigating life and wellness to achieve the ultimate glow up. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diana. to another episode of the Stop Dropping Glow podcast. Today I'm sitting with Emily. I don't know, I want to say of the everyday travelers, but I also think that you're just Emily yourself. So welcome on both.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Me and Emily studied together at Emmanuel College. That's where we met. And I think kind of what brought us together was uh, you had studied abroad in Costa Rica the semester before I did um, and Annabelle was like Emily knows everything about Costa Rica. So I think that's kind of like the one pinpoint where we finally connected and became friends. So that is a really important anecdote because Emily is here to talk to us today about her love for travel. She took a year long trip with her friends around the globe, I'll say. She'll jump right in with more details about the locations and her favorite locations that she visited. And even after the year when she returned back home to Boston, she hasn't stopped her love and passion for travel, which I find really inspiring. So Emily, I'll give you the floor. Why don't you tell us who you are, what do you do, um, and kind of what inspired your love for travel? Definitely. So, thank
1: you for having me on your podcast. Emmanuel, (laughs) friends. Yeah, so obviously, I went to Emmanuel College with you and. Not Emerson. Not Emerson, just so everybody (laughs) has that clear common confusion. (laughs) So often. So I I went to Emanuel and I studied sociology and just sort of picked that because I knew I wanted to be doing things that involved people, working with people, helping people in some capacity, but I didn't know exactly what that meant. Um, And like you mentioned, I had studied abroad in Costa Rica for a semester. Um, Prior to that, I had also done a summer study abroad in London through the Fulbright program, through a Fulbright scholarship. So I had done three weeks in London during the summer 2012 Olympics. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, I spent a semester in Costa Rica. So it was just back to back, back to back, a period of time with a bunch of traveling and experiencing new places and seeing things in a completely different way than I ever had beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I always kind of knew that I wanted to do a span of long-term traveling, like at what, it, whether a year or six months or whatever it mm-hmm. was. I after going to Costa Rica, I kind of had the itch that I wanted to do that. Yeah. Um. And I graduated from manual actually a semester early, so I yeah, graduated I December. That yeah, December two thousand thirteen. I finished one semester early and started working full time right away. Mm-hmm. And originally, I was like, I'm gonna just work full time till. Colin till my boyfriend graduates from college and then I'll save money for this six months and then we can just go travel and do it right away. That was what I wanted to do originally. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Colin was kind of like, that's not going to happen. He's a realist. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) You're going to not have enough money for that. So that got taken off the table really quickly and it turned into instead about two and a half years or so of -hmm. of full-time working um but I always kind of had it in the back of my mind still that that was something that I wanted to do eventually so that's sort of the the beginning background yeah that's awesome
0: you were just in a little branch of traveling yourself like this month no wait it's May Last month. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Happy May. Happy May. Comes quick.
0: So in April, tell us about what travels you were doing because I was creeping on your Instagram and it looks like you were in Colorado and you were in Hawaii. So just
1: tell us about like your very recent travel real quick. So Hawaii, I'll start with Hawaii. So that was actually a work perk, Mm -hmm. um, which was really nice. So I, when I returned to Boston, I was looking for a job that combined working with high school age students and then also traveling in some capacity. So prior to when we had taken a year off, I had been working with high school age students and I knew Mm -hmm. I really liked that group. Yeah. And then when we got back, I found the company that I'm working for now, which is called Educacious, And so Mm -hmm. I work full time with international high school students who are studying in the U.S. Okay. So the trip to Hawaii, I was a chaperone. For a trip that was all international students. There were 54 so awesome. <laughs> students. Yeah, it was really, really great. I was really grateful to have been able to go on that trip. Yeah. Because it was um, just a tour, basically. Yeah. So I was just one of the five adults chaperoning 54 students. Yeah. Um, and hitting all the major sites around mm-hmm. Honolulu. So we stayed in Waikiki, which is kind of the tourist section yeah. of Honolulu, of, yeah. of Hawaii. So we stayed there and then we took the students to pretty much all the major mm-hmm. sites that are there to see. Yeah. Um, so we went to uh, one of the uh, major bays. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even want to try and pronounce it because I'm afraid I'm going to pronounce it incorrectly, but no. <laughs> Hanama Bay maybe is how mm-hmm. you say it yeah. for snorkeling. So okay. it's, a, it's a nature preserve. Yeah. So we took them there to snorkel. We took them to Diamond Head to hike, we took them to see Pearl Harbor, uh, spent a few days on the beach, talked about um, environmentalism and protecting the ocean, and had a lot of lessons woven in that way about not littering and reducing plastic use, Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a really great experience for me and for the students, so that was awesome to have been able to do through work.
0: Yeah, that's Um, an amazing perk, and experience, because you get to share it with these students who have never been in the U.S. in that capacity because how often do we really just land in Hawaii and get to see that really special piece of our country because it's like it's tropical but then
1: it has so much history behind it too
0: so that's really nice.
1: Yeah it was great. It was great to be able to to talk to them too because most of the students had been living in the U.S. for an entire year. This is getting towards the end of their program so it was cool to hear their perspective on the U.S. Mm-hmm. compared to back home, what they yeah. really liked here, what they were excited to mm-hmm. go back home, and what they've been missing back yeah. at home, um, but all of them loved Hawaii and said they wanted to stay in Hawaii, yeah. and I was like, me too, <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay with you.
0: <laughs> so then you followed up for the work trip in Hawaii, and then you did your roommate's reunion in Colorado.
1: Yes. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah, so we are separated, our five college roommates are separated on different coasts of the Mm -hmm. U.S. now. So we started a tradition where we choose a different city in the U.S. every Mm -hmm. year, and then that's where we meet for a long weekend. So last year we went to New Orleans together, this year we went to Denver together. And Denver is beautiful. Colorado is beautiful in general. So it's a nice combination of outdoor activities and then also eating a lot (laughs) a lot of food I
0: love that and I love that tradition because just having known you guys in college and observing your friendship and like now straight up adulthood and you guys like really um reserve that time to like reconnect and go out and have fun and it still kind of unravels in your love for travel because you get to discover somewhere new every time um so tell me about when did you create the everyday travelers account was it right when you uh, left for your year-long trip or was it a little before and you're like hey like this is kind of fun like we've checked out a couple of spots let me create this account and then it reveled, um more into an official thing or tell us a little bit about the beginning of the Instagram account.
1: Yeah so ultimately we decided to go embark on our year of travel and mm-hmm. um, it had been something that Colin and I had been talking about for a long time and decided to do and then We brought it up to one of our friends, Tyler. Mm -hmm. So Tyler's the third original everyday traveler. If you look Mm -hmm. at our logo, there's three people in it. So it it was me, Colin, and Tyler. And we had mentioned it to him, and he was kind of like, oh, well, that's actually something that I've been thinking about doing too on my own. Should I just, like, can we all just do this together? So we're like, of course we can all do this together. Like the more the merrier kind of thing. So the three of us started planning the trip mm-hmm. and wanted to make this joint Instagram account that we could use to update all of our families and to update all of our friends and to just keep everybody posted on where we are and what we're doing. Um, and we played with a few different names and then settled on the Everyday Travelers and used that really to document the entire year mm-hmm. um, and everything that we were doing so that people could kind of stay in the loop. We also used it as a way to connect with other people who are traveling in the same area. So it's really useful in that way to look at certain hashtags or to look at certain locations and you can message people and ask for advice. If you see that someone has been to the next place you're going, you can ask for the best tips or where to stay, or if they have any special recommendations, that sort of thing. So it's been really cool to use it to connect with people in that capacity. And then also as we were traveling, we met so many different people that that was an easy way to then stay connected yeah. to everyone we met as we were going along the trip. Yeah, um, And they could see, okay, well, we left New Zealand and where's the next place we were going? And they got to kind of follow the journey from there. Yeah. So it's been a really cool tool to be able to use in that way.
0: That's awesome. Uh, can you tell me a little about how did you guys come to an agreement or the bulk of the planning? Were you guys planning as you were going, like, okay, we're we're in New Zealand right now. Let's just hit up Australia tomorrow. Or was everything kind of planned out, like, okay, we're going to do one week here, two weeks here. Um, was it kind of free-willed or super organized? A little bit of
1: both. Okay. So, I was definitely the planner. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was definitely my role in the group. We all yeah. kind of had our own roles we took on, and that was mine for sure. Yeah. So... We all had ideas of where we wanted to go. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to go to South America. That was my contribution. That was where I wanted to go. Non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it. We all had our non-negotiables. This is where I want to go on this year. I'll go anywhere else besides that, but this is where I want to go. So I really wanted to go to South America. That was the top of my list. And then the guys both wanted to go to New Zealand, mm-hmm. and that was on the top of their list. Okay. So those were the two that we knew we were going to do. Mm-hmm. And then everything just sort of got figured out as we mm-hmm. went along in between. Mm-hmm. And we didn't do as much planning at the very beginning as we should have. Yeah. So we <laughs> – it always works out, but we – wanted to go to Machu Picchu we wanted to do yeah. the trek to Machu Picchu in Peru mm-hmm. and without even researching Machu Picchu or how <laughs> you have to go about doing that we just <laughs> bought our flights to Peru okay. Okay. So, so that happened and then we we purchased the flights we were like okay we're gonna go to Peru we're gonna fly to Lima on this day and then yeah. we'll figure it out but trek we'll, there. We'll, we'll, we'll hike Machu Picchu sometime after that yeah So then we bought our flights to Peru for September Mm -hmm. and then got around to planning Machu Picchu and realized that you have to book that in advance. They only let a certain number of people on the trail trail each day. Yeah, And it's super popular now. That's a huge place for people to go. Yeah. So months in advance you have to book your passes and like make sure you can be on the trail on the day that you are planning to oh, go wow. there and you have to go with a guide etc so we went to Peru in September and then I don't think we didn't get to hike Machu Picchu until November oh my gosh so you were in Peru all that time so we we're in Peru all that time and it actually worked out great because once we realized that we rerouted a little bit yeah. and just decided to rent an Airbnb for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. So we spent a few days in Lima and then we rented an Airbnb for like a month and a half or so in Cusco and just kind of made that our home base and then saw so much more of Peru than we would have if we had... Just gone and done Machu Picchu and then gone on to the next thing. Yeah. So it worked out. But, it worked out. <laughs> yeah. it was accidental. but we didn't yeah, we didn't plan that as much as we probably should have in oh, the wow. beginning. And then we just sort of rolled with it from there.
0: Yeah, so that shows the importance of planning. But <laughs> also the kind of how highlighting, like, flexibility. Yeah. Because you guys were just there, like, okay, so we're not hiking. <laughs> right. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what is it like to hike Machu Picchu? Because I'm very curious. What... Do you need gear? You said you need the guide. Yeah. I know you can potentially get altitude sickness yeah. or something. Yeah, So tell us a little bit about that because I'm curious. You had plenty of months to, to
1: prep, I guess, since you not right. go <laughs> until November. So that went out really well for us because Cusco... Is at about eleven thousand feet. Okay. And funny, the altitude sickness thing is kind of funny because <laughs> it sounds horrible from people that have told me about it. I'm Yeah, like, ew. It that's affects horrible. people. Yeah, it affects people really differently. Yeah. So some people end up throwing up or getting really sick, and some people it's not as extreme. Mm-hmm. So they, people, doctors, whoever, they advise that you give yourself a few days to adjust mm-hmm. when you're when you go to a high altitude location. Okay. And luckily for us, we had all the time in the world to adjust. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. we by the time we hiked Machu Picchu, we were completely fine. Yeah,
0: you're like, this is normal.
1: Right. But when we first got to Cusco, we got to our Airbnb and we were getting settled. And we decided to go to the grocery store and we made this big excursion. And we're trying to buy all of our groceries for the next few weeks. Mm. And... <laughs> I got such a bad headache, yeah. and I I wasn't connecting it to the altitude. I just yeah. I didn't know what was wrong with me. My head hurt so bad yeah. that I just started crying in the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I figured out later. I was like, oh, my head is pounding because yeah. I am at eleven thousand feet all of a sudden, and then yeah. I'm not adapting well to it, and I'm not yeah, taking it easy. Of laying it down. Yeah. Oh my god. So then after that, we just took the next few days that we were there really easy we didn't do much and then we adjusted and by the time we did hike Machu Picchu we were good to go and then they give you um coca leaves they give you these leaves to chew on that are supposed to help Uh, I don't know if they help or if it's just a placebo effect but I thought they helped if anything it distracts you from from the altitude and then they also sell these pills that are sort of just like a combination of caffeine and Tylenol mixed together okay. and I thought those helped as well. So okay. yeah, there's a lot of adjustments you can make if altitude is really getting to you. But all of us, aside from that first day I was there, all of us were fine with it. And you can do it on one day. It's a one day trip. So you can, there's a lot of different options for Machu Picchu. Oh, wow. So you can take a train. You don't even have to hike if you don't want to. You can take a train and go look at it and call take it a day pictures, and go back selfies. down. <laughs> right. Yeah, At get your llamas. selfie in, pat a llama, pat an alpaca, whatever animals up there. Like, <laughs> you can do that in a day. Yeah. We did the three day Inca Trail Trek, which okay. is the most common one, but then they also have a lot of other paths now that can take you there. So okay. we kind of wanted to do the classic one. Mm-hmm. Um and we did it with a company that provided all of the tents and the Camping materials oh. and all of the food, so we didn't mm-hmm. have to carry all of that.
0: Yeah,
1: um, just our backpacks with our rain gear and our boots and our own sleeping bags and whatever, whatever yeah. else we wanted to have with us. Okay. Um. Yeah, less is definitely more for that. It's better to have less on your back, but yeah. we didn't have to carry pots and pans and tents and that kind of oh thing. The yeah, which some people opt in for. Yeah, yeah. I think depending on what company you go with. Wow. Um, you might end up with a lot of stuff on your back, but luckily. I we think didn't I would opt
0: for the train.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: just cut the alpacas. My father <laughs> went and I think yeah, he did the train. He definitely got really bad altitude sickness. Yeah. But he brought me back this little fuzzy llama that I had out on display on my little picture table. But I don't, but I will bring it out for you. Yes,
1: yeah, I want to see it. My little llama.
0: Um, so aside from Peru, can you um, tell the listeners a little bit about what other locations you guys visited? I know you mentioned uh, New Zealand. Um, throw in some fun uh, stops you guys made in your year long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: The itinerary, yeah. the USA. <laughs> <laughs> <You> <laughs> Toss that on there. Um, the itinerary ended up being about six months in South America, so we went to Peru um, and then Chile, Colombia, and Argentina for a little bit, and then we were in Hawaii and um, then came back stateside yep came back stateside <laughs> did a quick trip to hawaii even though that doesn't even quite feel like the u.s it's so different no, yeah, than like mainland united states but from there we went was to there any logic behind that hawaii yeah. yeah so our families wanted to come visit us throughout the trip okay And both Colin and Tyler's parents visited us in Hawaii. So they kind of said, oh, we want to go to Hawaii. And we were like, okay, well, at that point, we didn't have anywhere we needed to be at that time period. So we worked it around their schedule and we met them in Hawaii. That was the logic there. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Cool. Um, I'm not sure if it would have made it onto the itinerary if that hadn't been the case. Yeah but it worked out really well. <laughs> I would go back to Hawaii a hundred times. Yeah. Um, and then from Hawaii, we went to Australia and New Zealand, and then we were in Southeast Asia as well. So we mm-hmm. visited um, Indonesia, Vietnam, and Thailand.
0: Awesome. Yeah. How was Thailand? Incredible. I really want to go there, but I don't know if I can take the flight. Like, I would probably have to go to, like, California, visit Annabelle in San Diego. Break it up. And then, like, do a couple days there and then try to just power through the flight from San Diego to Thailand or yeah. something. Because I'm just, like, I'm such a big baby when it comes to, like, eternal flights.
1: Like, yeah. Oh, my god, It's a long one. We had some really, really long ones. L- I'm lucky because I fall asleep on planes. Like, oh, that's good. Nothing, Not me. Nothing. Like, I hear the engines and I sometimes fall asleep Turbulence. on planes before... <laughs> Before they even take off, sometimes I fall asleep. Like yeah. I'm just, thats a gift because I can barely sleep. <laughs> right. Colin gets nervous on planes, mm-hmm. so he'll be next to me, like clutching the armrest, <laughs> like, getting nervous before we take I'm off. Like, There's turbulence. Up. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just be next to him, <laughs> eyes shut, catching flies. Uh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, can you tell me a little bit about the van life? Because I know you guys did a chunk of time like camping or. RVing, what is the
1: term? Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so that was a major highlight of the trip. Yeah. Uh, that was all in New Zealand, okay. which was what Colin and Tyler really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So that had to happen. So yeah. we also didn't fully plan that. We kind of went to Australia. We just got to that side of the world. We went yeah. to Australia, and we were hanging out in Sydney for... Um, About a week. Mm -hmm. And then we just booked our flights to New Zealand and said, let's just get there and go to a car rental company, van rental company, and we'll figure it out from there. So we rented from a company called Lucky Rentals, which was awesome. Super affordable to get a van. We had a van for 50 days total. So we were in New Zealand for two months um, and 50 of those days we were in the van. (laughs) And we went all on the South Island and on the North Island. And we had this van that, like, the the bottom part, the couch, pulled out into a bed. Yeah. And then there was this sort of upper part that also could pull out into a bed. Like so, Pawn and I are on the bunk. bottom. Yeah. And then Tyler was bunking on yeah. top of us. Yeah. So, it was a really, really tight space. It was yeah. a lot of time in a tight space. But that's the best way to see New Zealand because it's yeah. so spread out and It's just the easiest way to get from place to place and be able to get from place to place on your own time. Yeah, And if you get to a certain city or you get to a certain part and you just want to stay there longer, you kind of have the ability to do that. And New Zealand is really well set up for that. So they have campgrounds everywhere. Yeah, A lot of them are free. And most of them just kind of run on the honor system. So there'll be a box that you can put $5 in to sleep there for the night. Uh, Most of them had... Bathrooms or some kind of facilities, too, yeah. but we were definitely roughing it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you guys, for food, when you have, like, a little hot plate or something? Yeah. Um, okay. So, we could cook in the van. Okay. Um, we had our little kitchen at the back. So, yeah. we... I was just looking at these posts, actually, the other day. <laughs> we ate... 27 pasta dinners Mm -hmm. out of the 50 days. (laughs) Wow. We had something like 35 peanut butter and jellies for lunch, that kind of thing. So we... Super Super basic. Super basic, yeah. We would wake up make our instant coffees, mm-hmm. um, have peanut butter and jelly for lunch, and then have pasta for dinner, unless we were in a part of New Zealand where there was, like, a certain kind of food we really wanted to try. Yeah. Um, New Zealand has a lot of pies, too. So at, like, gas stations and roadside stops, we would get a lot of pies. and that's Like our... meat pies? Yeah, meat pies for them, veggie pies for oh, me, okay. but yeah. <laughs> that
0: was like, like, sweets? Or... Yeah, yeah no, like, savory pies, savory pies, okay. Savory pies yeah. yeah. Okay, what would you say are some van or backpacking must have road items like or traveling hacks like what was your i cannot move from point a to point b without this or i always need to pack this when i head out
1: um definitely port a good portable charger okay is super important to have it especially if you're camping or when we were in the van all the time a good portable charger is an essential. And I didn't have one for a lot of the trip. Yeah. (laughs) my had a charger. I would end up with all these things that were just dead (laughs) because my portable charger wasn't very good. So then that would die. And then all of my electronics would die. And then I would have to ask either of the guys if I could borrow their portable chargers because they researched and they actually had good ones. So that's an important one for any kind of extended travel where you don't always have access to outlets and charging places. Mm -hmm. Um... Another one, this one's sort of a little financial hack, is we all opened uh, Charles Schwab checking accounts okay, because they reimburse all ATM fees at the end of every month, and that is huge. So that one added up more than I ever anticipated Mm -hmm. because you could take out cash without really worrying like, oh, I'm getting charged... $350 350 by the bank and then yeah. 350 by this ATM. It's a lot. Whatever the ATM charged at the end of every month, you would get reimbursed. So that saved a bunch of money. And then the last one for a lot of Southeast Asia and for a lot of South America, if you're doing a lot of camping and hiking and outdoor activities... Is toilet paper, oh, I was say yeah. baby wipes, yeah, like baby something. wipes or toilet paper, something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, toilet paper wrapped up in a in a waterproof bag or baby wipes would work too. Just something to have that because that comes in handy far more than I expected as well. Yeah. yeah. Um. Did you guys do hostels at all? Um, we did at times, but they weren't always the most cost effective thing because there were three of us. Okay. So. It was in certain places easier for us to get an Airbnb and then have more space and Mm -hmm. split the cost between three people, and it would end up being kind of equivalent to Mm -hmm. if we had each just paid for a bed in a hostel. So we did Mm -hmm. in some places. We stayed in a few hostels um, in Colombia. We did a work work exchange. Okay, that's cool. At a hostel in Colombia. Tell us about that. Yeah, so (laughs) that leads us in a new direction. I know, I'm such a squirrel. (laughs) We did two work exchanges Mm -hmm. throughout the course of the year. Okay. And if I were ever to do something like this again, I would do more of those because those were some of the absolute highlights of the trip.
0: Yeah.
1: So there's a bunch of websites that Mm -hmm. you can use. There's HelpX, um, there's WorkAway, and then there's Woofing for farming. Okay. So... We ended up using Workaway. That's the one we had the most success on. And we did it when we went to Colombia. We worked at, it was a hostel slash a restaurant slash a brewery. Okay. So we went to this small town. It was called Buga, Mm -hmm. And it was a really cool place for us to be based for a while because it's not something that normally makes its way on the regular tourist Colombia itineraries. Yeah. Um, It's a big religious site, so a lot of Colombian people go visit Buga to see Um, like the certain churches and mm -hmm. things like that there, but it's not a big place that a lot of English speakers come to. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Right. (laughs) And even a lot of people were like, oh, we spent three weeks in Buga, and most people don't normally know what (laughs) Buga is, but it was a really, really cool town, city, and we kind of alternated our roles so... I worked a lot in the restaurant portion of things. You do speak Spanish. I do. that must have been fun. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I do. do. It definitely got a lot better spending that much time in South America. And it was a cool way to be able to practice because the restaurant was mostly pizza. Uh So I was just taking people's pizza Pizza orders (laughs) in Spanish. So it was a good way to practice and get comfortable with it. And luckily, everyone was super patient and interested, honestly, that there was an English speaker working... In In (laughs) Booga. Yeah. (laughs) And we made really cool connections that way with the people we were working with. Mm -hmm. And then one of the customers that came into the restaurant one time afterwards approached me and was like, would you want to hang out sometime and practice English? And I've really been working on my English and I want an opportunity to just have conversation practice. So I went out to lunch with her and went on a walk. And it was really, really cool to just have a connection happen so organically like that. And then the people we worked with took us to a lot of different places in the area, too, mm-hmm. like waterfalls and on hikes and yeah. just all these places kind of off the beaten path that we never, ever would have found by ourselves. <laughs> like, That's awesome. Yeah. So that was and then in, So
0: in turn for working there, you were able to stay there for free.
1: Yes. That's usually how it Exactly, yeah. yeah. So all the work away, the work exchange opportunities all kind of work a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So some have you stay there and you get all your meals for free. At this particular one, we were just staying in the hostel for free. And then we got like grocery items to make our food with kind of thing. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, I brought up the hostel thing just because from my brief um, travels, um, In Costa Rica when I was abroad, and then um, I did a month-long Europe trip. We stayed in a couple hostels, and it can be, like, such a hit-or-miss experience. Yes, definitely. Like, it can be really great, or it can be so horrible. Right. Uh, In Costa Rica, I would definitely say we reached some sketchy places, but it's, like, whatever was in our budget as, like, 19-year-olds in Costa Rica. Right. (laughs) Um, One time, me and Annabelle uh, traveled to a beach hostel in Jaco. And we got there, we got there, and they're like, "Oh, be careful! There was a break in here last night." And we we're like, "What? Well, we already paid." So we're sitting there, and we're like, "Okay." So we have no choice but to stay here because we can't afford the place next door, right? <laughs> so or, we're or anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. So we had to sleep there, but like it was just like really scary. Um, and then yeah, the hammocks was definitely uneasy. Um, <laughs> And the road, I don't know if you remember the hammocks hostel, but the road there was like yeah. this long, dark road. Yeah. <laughs> Dirt road. Yeah. yeah. Where uh, are they taking so, me? So yeah, what's funny, like me specifically, like reflecting back on traveling, I'm like, I put myself in so many predicaments where that was not safe. Right. But it works out fine. It works out <laughs> fine. Like, <laughs> I'm alive. Just um, gotta trust we it. We did, me and my friend, we did a week in Santorini mm-hmm. and it was on this main road. And we stayed there literally for a week. It was off season. We were paying like $7 a night, like right. dirt cheap. But I was reflecting on this, like no one would lock the door. Right. So you could come off the main road and literally anyone could just be drunk. Come off the main road and open our door. Because right. it was like, there was no sidewalk. There was no security. <laughs> I was like, anyone just could have came in. There was one night these two guys came in and they were like, yeah, we just got dropped off by the cab, but we thought reception was open 24-7. We're like, oh no, they close at nine. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, there's two bunk beds open in our room. You want to come in? Like I was letting strangers into the bunks, but
1: like it just all worked out. It does. It does usually always work out. And I just kind of run... On that level of trust at all times. Yeah. So <laughs> that
0: kind of brings me to, I wanted to ask you, and I didn't put this on the original list of questions, but what, what are some, what are some things you would say or some key pointers on staying healthy and also like safe while traveling? Cause I'm sure, I mean, you had two guys, so yeah. you were in good hands. Yeah. Um, but just in general, like um, as a foreigner, traveling can be really like, You have to be on guard all the time. So if you had any like pointers or um, tips.
1: I mean, I think it really comes down to awareness Mm -hmm. is mostly what I would say, because no matter where you are, if you're in Boston or if you're in Cusco or if you're in Sydney, it doesn't matter. Like Mm -hmm. you just have to be aware of your surroundings and Mm -hmm. aware of what's happening around you. And that's the main thing, because at the end of the day, you can't. You can't prevent everything, but you can at least um, try and have an awareness of, of what's happening around you so that mm-hmm. you can prevent any situations that aren't the best idea to get into. Um, I did... I was, I was in a special situation because I was not fully alone. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time we separated, there was a little bit of worry. Like, mm-hmm. they... I took a break in the middle yeah. at one point, and I went and visited... Amanda was living in Alaska, so I went and visited Amanda in Alaska. And the boys didn't come with me for that part. So even then, there's a little bit of the like, oh, they just put me in a cab in Columbia and said goodbye and (laughs) hoped for the best, and then I just went off on my own. But I tend to not really worry that much Mm -hmm. about those things. I try and be aware of my surroundings. I try and take safety measures. Um, We make sure we look around the area that we're staying, that we have our doors locked when we leave in certain places. But aside from that, it's not really worth the energy to worry about everything because at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do. And in my experience, for the most part, people generally, I really like to believe this at least, that people generally are good and want people visiting their countries to have a positive experience and to have a positive um, idea of an impression of their country so we i was just telling this story the other day actually to someone so we met this guy when we were in peru and he was from New Zealand but he was just on vacation in Peru. Okay. And we met him for one day. We went on one hike together and we were telling him all about our trip. That we, that was at the very beginning of our trip and we were like we think we're going to be in New Zealand later on down the line so he gave us his email address mm-hmm. so I emailed him when we got to his area of New Zealand and I was like hey I don't know if you remember us but we met you six months ago in Peru. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And he responded, and he was like, oh, of course I remember you guys. My family has a beach house. No one's using it right now. We can meet up. We can grab dinner. Like, if you want to stay at the beach house, you can stay in the beach house for as yeah. long as you want. So I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited. This is perfect. Like, I'm going to make plans for them right now. And the boys were kind of like hold on, like this seems a little sketchy. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like We really met him nice. one time. Why is he handing us the keys to his beach house? Yeah. And then we ended up meeting up with him, having dinner with him, gave us the keys to his beach house, said stay as long as you want, and the place was beautiful and everything was perfect. Yeah. And it was genuinely just someone being welcoming and... And you be, didn't get robbed in the middle of the night. No, <laughs> not not even close. It yeah. was literally like, take as many showers as you want because you guys haven't been showering because you've been sleeping in this van. Yeah. <laughs> Chill out, have a great time. And I feel like more often than not, that has been my experience. Yeah. Luckily. Yeah. Obviously, bad things can happen mm-hmm. and, and that's out of your control. But if you're aware and have people that maybe temper my trusting nature a little bit, because I'm quick to be like, sure, we'll be there. Yeah, it'll yeah, yeah. be fine. Yeah.
0: But when I was traveling, too. I um, we looked at, we were so on a budget, we looked into um, couch surfers. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing. Like, people are just like, oh, you're in the area. Yeah, you fit. Um, I have two beds available. Yeah, come on down. Right. And literally, like, just sometimes you're like, wow, people really want to welcome strangers into mm-hmm. their house. Like, I would say, like, two, three nights, with people, And they'd be like, oh, you help yourself to the food in the fridge. Right. Um, do you need a ride to the airport? Right. Do you need a ride? At one point, like, my luggage broke, so I had to buy a new one. And we're like, yeah, let's go to the mall. Like, yeah, I'll give you a ride. Like, yeah, let's go. Or let's do this. So it is really cool how... I don't know, maybe it's an uh, abroad thing. Like, people are more opening. Because I feel like in Boston, people are like, well, are you going to pay for my Airbnb to stay in my unit? Right,
1: <laughs> right. And that's why when I run into people, because I live in the north end, uh-huh. the most touristy area of Boston. Oh my God, yeah. When I run into people that look lost and things like that, I try to do the same thing. To yeah. be like, Where, do you need directions? Where are you trying to go? Do you need a recommendation? Yeah. I try to do that because that's not Boston's reputation. Yeah. But again, like I want someone to come here And get excited about their trip here. The same way when I visit other places, it's awesome when you run into someone who genuinely just wants you to have a good experience there. And it's the same thing... I think another safety piece is sort of knowing a bit about the culture and and cultural norms in Mm -hmm. the place that you're visiting. Because we did a lot of hitchhiking in Patagonia, in Mm -hmm. southern Chile and southern Argentina. And that is more of a norm there. Oh. Like, if you saw someone trying to hitchhike on the side of the road in Boston, <laughs> I don't yeah. know if anyone would stop. <laughs> I, yeah. don't it's pro- I don't even think that's legal. Yeah. But for a lot of Patagonia, it's so spread out, and it's not... Like, there's a huge public transportation system, yeah. so it's very normal for people to be hitchhiking there, and we got really far. We got from wow. Chile over the border into Argentina to... The parks we were trying to visit. Like, we got a lot of places just by people picking us up. Yeah. And people picking three of us up, yeah. which is a lot of people to pick so up. So they just yeah. pull
0: over and they're like, where are you going? You're like, I'm going here. And they're like, okay, hop on in.
1: Yeah, Do you tip much. them or something? Um, is there we, a courtesy around that? We inter- That's an interesting thing. We didn't. I mean, a few times we spent a lot of time with the person that... Mm-hmm. Picked us up, yeah. So we just sort of ended up being friends and hanging out with them, and yeah. and buying them beers. And there was one guy who drove us really far. Yeah. So he originally, now I feel like I'm going off on a huge tangent. <laughs> I'm he, so intrigued. yes yeah. <laughs> he originally saw us on the side of the road and drove past us and picked up a different hitchhiker that was further down from us. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up seeing us at the camp. We made we made it to the campground we were trying to go to that night. Yeah. He ended up seeing us at the campground and came over to us and he was like, I recognize you guys from the side of the road. I feel so bad that I drove past you, but I have my surfboard in my car. I have all these things. He had this tiny little car. He was like, I just didn't think I could fit all three of you, but I wanted no. to apologize, blah, blah, blah. And then... We were like, okay, no, it's totally fine, totally fine, but where are you going next? Yeah. <laughs> and he was going in the same direction we were going in. Yeah. So we ended up hanging out with him and becoming friends. Yeah. And then he let all three of us shove into his tiny little car with, with our backpacks. <laughs> yeah, with our big backpacks with the surfboard in the middle.
0: That's awesome so in terms of finances how did you guys kind of get organized did you have like a planned budget like okay let's save up this amount Um, while you guys were on the road were you ever like nervous like oh my god we're gonna run out of money can you tell us a little bit about the financial part of this year-long travel
1: yeah so before we went when I was getting really serious about wanting to do this and and about this being a real possibility I started taking a look at my income and where I was spending my money and where I could kind of scale things back a little bit to bulk up the savings account. So Mm -hmm. I literally looked at several months of my credit card statements yeah. and wrote down every single thing that I spent and then categorized it and figured out where I was wasting money in ways that I didn't need to. Yeah. And a lot of it was Ubers, mm-hmm. taxis or Lyft or whatever. Yeah. Um, coffee. I know everyone always says that one, but that really does add yeah, up. Adds up so fast. <laughs> coffee and eating out adds up a lot. And I took a look at things like that and then really made a mental commitment to scaling that back so that I could save a lot more money. Mm -hmm. So I started writing down on a spreadsheet every single time I bought something so that I had more accountability for that. And then I just set my savings goals for how much I wanted to be putting away. And then we were ready to go from there. And We got to the point that we all felt comfortable. We all felt like we had enough money saved and we all felt like we were at a good point to leave our jobs and then started on the trip. So in terms of financial planning for the trip itself, we didn't have an idea of how much we wanted to spend in each country or anything Mm -hmm. like that. We were just very budget conscious all the time. Yeah. So staying in hostels when it was cheaper or finding an Airbnb that was just as cheap split between the three of us. We only really took budget airlines and we only took the cheapest buses and things like yeah. that. And
0: what's that budget airline that runs through, um, Europe?
1: Ryanair. Ryan the one in Europe. Yeah. Man. So we like, that's what we went for. We were searching every budget website. Mm -hmm. We looked on so many sketchy websites. Buying flights sometimes, we were like, I hope this is real and I hope we bought a legitimate flight because this website looks fake. But (laughs) they were always real somehow. So we were also just way more focused on spending money on select experiences Mm -hmm. rather than going out and eating out a bunch or partying and spending a lot of money on beers and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. we all sort of had the same mindset which made it easier if you're traveling with multiple people for them to all be in the same mindset about money helps a lot um so we would choose the one thing that we wanted to do in a particular place that was going to be our splurge experience and Mm -hmm. that's what we would spend a lot of money on like in um in New Zealand we did a glacier tour a glacier Mm -hmm. hike and took a helicopter over to a glacier and then hiked on the glacier and that was sort of where we were like this is our big splurge item for new zealand but then aside from that like i said before we were eating peanut butter and jelly and having pasta every night and that's where we we cut we scaled back with our money um when we had good wi-fi too yeah i am all about side hustles Mm -hmm. so i taught English classes online, which is something I still do. So any place we had a good enough Wi-Fi connection, I would teach a few classes and Mm -hmm. just kind of like get a little bit of money back.
0: Reimburse. Yeah.
1: Reimburse (laughs) a little bit. So it wasn't all going outward. Um, and I wrote one, I, I didn't do it that much, but we did, we did write, I wrote one article for a website about New Zealand and got Mm. paid to write that article. And that awesome. was the most exciting thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm writing these things anyway for a blog. Yeah. So I might as well write one for this. But awesome.
0: What would you say are some, some advice or, or words of encouragement to people? People always say, Oh, I want to travel. Oh, I want to travel. But like they never get up and do it. So a big chunk of why I brought you in today, besides the fact that I love you and you're awesome, <laughs> um, it's <laughs> kind of like. Sharing that that jolt and finally that I'm ready, that push to go get up and do it, and that kind of like YOLO moment, what advice would you give to people to finally like cut the cord and do it? And get up and
1: travel and do whatever they want to go to Cuba, go to wherever they want to go? I mean, for one thing, it's it's just comes to a point where you have to think about things in terms of you are in absolute control of all of your choices and what you're choosing to do every single day. So I feel like people get stuck in a trap of, oh, life is just happening to me, all of these things are happening to me, and I'm I'm getting stuck with that. But you kind of have to push the boundaries and think if this is something I really want to do, I need to do X, Y, Z in order to get there, and Mm -hmm. then I'm going to do it. So just prioritizing your time, prioritizing your money, And really committing to it, if that is something that is important to you, would be Mm -hmm. my best advice. Um, I think it's so easy to get caught up in saying, like, oh, I have no money, this, that, and the other thing. But it's a matter of looking at where you're spending your time and where you're prioritizing your money. And thinking about, okay, if I want to travel, if I want to go to Cuba, if I want to go wherever, I need X amount. And this is what I have to do to get there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really good advice. Would you say that maybe traveling has been a part of like your glow-up and your your current state of like where you're at uh, mentally and in terms of your current work that almost even tra- um, wraps into travel? Um, would you say
1: it's been a part of your glow-up and how would you
0: define a glow-up where you're at right now in your life?
1: Yeah, so traveling in general, I think... Is one of the biggest confidence builders Mm -hmm. you have to really trust in your abilities to figure out situations on the go you have to trust in yourself that you can navigate a new place that you can figure things out, that you can stay safe, that you can find your way in a new city staying at a hostel, sleeping next to a bunch of strangers, you have to be able to have faith in yourself and know that you can do that And once you've put yourself through all of those situations, such a confidence builder. Mm -hmm. The other piece of it is when you're traveling and when you're traveling for that long and you're meeting so many different people, you really do drop all pretenses and you drop all judgment of Mm -hmm. yourself and of other people. So you just meet people where they're at authentically. And it's really cool in that way because you're not you're meeting so many different people all the time that come from so many different backgrounds that you're not thinking with the normal lens that you do. Mm -hmm. You just meet everyone exactly where they're at and they meet you exactly where you're at and you're not as worried about things or in your head about things as you always might be in in your normal day-to-day life. Like we made a lot of strong connections with other people as we were traveling Mm -hmm. and it's kind of funny to think about because the, physical state I was meeting people in <laughs> is, is not how I would go out and meet strangers here. Like yeah. I would I'm not going in when we were in the in New Zealand in our van for so long, we literally took eight showers in yeah. fifty days. Yeah, wow. But we made so many friends during yeah. that <laughs> whole time. Yeah. Like, in in not our best physical state, I wasn't yeah. waking up and looking yeah. at myself in the mirror. The only mirror I had was the mirror in the van, the rearview mirror in the van. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't even know what I looked like half the time. But because you're not so wrapped up in all of the superficial pretenses, you really just authentically connect with other people and present yourself as you are. And it works. Yeah. And I think travel contributes a lot to that, to authenticity and to building your confidence. Yeah.
0: I love that. That is magical.
1: It is magical. (laughs) It really is.
0: (laughs) What would you say are one or two glow tips or even travel tips, since we're on the topic of traveling, you would give
1: the listeners who are ready to say yes to their adventure? What you get excited about and listen to that. So... Whether it's traveling, whatever it is Having a podcast, whatever it is You have to listen to that eventually Or you're not going to be happy I mean for me it was always I wanted to have that experience Of long term traveling And that itch was always there Mm -hmm. And it wasn't something I could ignore So you just have to figure out What you get excited about I get excited when I'm in a new place For the first time And on that kind of sensory overload of seeing new things and hearing the new stuff, like hearing new sounds and the sights and that's what gets me feeling alive. And I know that sounds really cliche, but that is what I get excited about. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that's something I have to listen to. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. And then number two is just pushing the boundaries, I would Mm -hmm. say to, to always push the boundaries because when you get too comfortable, you just get stuck and familiarity is safe and that's the easy way a lot of times, but that's not going to lead you to any kind of ultimate growth. Yeah. So those are my, my two blow tips. For They're you. also I
0: <laughs> with them on my website
1: or actually not my website. Don't go there. Um, it's, your
0: progress? it's looking real bad. Um, on my Instagram. Where I post all the glow tips, um, but I wanted to ask you, how was it reacclimating and returning to Boston and just like kind of reconnecting with like, okay, I have to do real life yeah. again. How was that transition?
1: Weird. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> it was like weird. I'm not in a van. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was lucky. I, I think that's important to say. I was lucky in a lot of ways mm-hmm. that I could make all of these decisions to just drop everything and go travel because yeah. I have a safety net of some kind. Like, I came home and I lived with my sister. Yeah. So that, I think, is kind of important to acknowledge that I have I had a place to go. Like, if we burned through all of our money and we crashed and burned and yeah. needed to go home, yeah. I had a place to go. Yeah. <laughs> so... That was nice that I could go home and stay with my sister and sort of, like, make a slow adjustment back into real life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very weird. It, it's weird to go from waking up in the morning and sitting around and Googling your next destination and figuring out what you're going to do next to then just being back in the 9-to-5 pattern. Yeah. But I made the adjustment slowly, mm-hmm. and I feel like, took the time to try and find a job that was still connected to the same sort of passions and interests so that it's something I wake up and I am I feel good going to work every day. It's not it's not a struggle to get up and go to work every day. It's still yeah. something that I can be excited about. Um, but the the strangest thing is definitely just the change of routine mm-hmm. to go from really having no solid routine mm-hmm. being able to do whatever whenever to having to go back into that nine-to-five schedule yeah yeah
0: um so i've seen the i actually see it on your water bottle the everyday traveler stickers yes can you tell me a little bit about that is that like your little signature like we were here the equivalent of like carving your initials in the tree like tell me about this and who made them (laughs) yeah
1: so i'll give a little shout out actually to my friend uh mike Made them. His Instagram is. Oh wait, let me get it right. Hold on, because he is a graphic designer, and I sent him a message when we first started the trip, a couple months into the trip, and I just said, "Can you make us a logo? I think it'd be really fun to have something like that." And he came back so quickly. Yeah, emailed me this design. He said, "What? Like, do you have any vision? Do you have an idea of what you want?" this to be mm-hmm. and i said no you can do whatever you want and he yeah. came up with that and isn't it's it awesome. so perfect it's perfect it's literally like the most perfect thing i could have imagined but he made it up himself so his brand design instagram is peanut free panda peanut so free panda peanut
0: panda. free panda yeah
1: <laughs> so look that up he's super super mm-hmm. talented and he made that for us and then we had it put onto stickers mm-hmm. um so we'll leave them in different places we always leave our sticker we only leave our stickers in places where it wouldn't be considered vandalism. Yeah, we leave vandalism. them in those places where you go and everybody's put a thousand stickers on there already. Mm-hmm. And it's our little our little mark we like to leave. I like that. So Emily, thank
0: you so much for coming in today. Everyone go follow the Everyday Travelers and keep tabs on their next adventures and their past ones because you could literally get on here and just
1: scroll forever. And what's fun. your uh, site? Um, It is the everydaytravelers.com www.theeverydaytravelers.com the the same as our Instagram perfect so you guys can find them
0: at the everyday travelers on Instagram check them out so yeah I want to thank you so much for coming in today thank you so much (laughs) it was so fun coming thank you Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Stop, Drop, and Glow podcast. Please be sure to share this episode with your friends and your loved ones. And don't forget to show some love by dropping a review and subscribing. Please find us on Instagram at Stop, Drop, and Glow podcast. See you next time. And remember, honey, the glow up is always real.